you know what? Tonight, we've already had church. Because you know what? It's good stuff. Gonna have a little bit more, and then we're gonna release y'all for root beer floats later. So don't get too excited about the root beer floats. But in the meantime, I wanna talk to you about the doctrine of baptisms. The doctrine of baptisms is something that some people say, well, what the world? What are you talking about the doctrine of baptisms? Well, in Hebrews chapter, in, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about foundational doctrines. And one of the things that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, we talked about repentance from dead works, faith toward God, and, and we've been talking about the doctrine of baptisms for the last three weeks. So we've talked about the fact that when you accept Christ, you are baptized into Christ when you accept him. You are in Christ. There's over 130 times that the New Testament talks about that you have been placed in Christ, in him or in whom. You are in Christ, you've been in Christed. Okay, when you got saved, you became in Christ. That's your position. And then there's the baptism into the body of Christ, that we're all in this together. That's the body of Christ. We're all in this together, that when one of us hurts, we all hurt, right? You know how that works, right? That in your body, if you stub your little toe, it's not just like you don't stand there and go, well, you know, my little toe got hurt, but so what? No, you walk around, you go, I hurt my little toe. And you, if you're a guy, you're a real baby about it. If you're a woman, you kind of go, yeah, it hurts like heck. I think it might fall off, but I'm okay. What can I get you for dinner? That's what the wife says. The husband goes, honey, I can't talk. I can't work. My toe hurts. But anyway, that's a whole other story. That the body is something that when one member hurts, we all hurt, right? But that's why he calls us the body of Christ. So when you got saved, you got baptized into Christ. You got baptized into the body of Christ. And then what we did, we talked about last week and what we just saw, baptized in water, right? And then there's another baptism called the baptism into suffering, which nobody ever wants to talk about. And we're just gonna to touch on that a little bit. And that is that when we're baptized into, with Christ into crucifying our own flesh. And that's the baptism of suffering, that we gotta crucify the flesh and walk with him, pick up our cross daily and follow him. Doesn't mean sickness, doesn't mean all that stuff. It means doing the will of God for your life. And then the final one is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So first of all, let's talk about what does it mean, the word baptism. It simply means to immerse. So if we're baptized into Christ, we've been immersed into Christ, right? You're immersed into the body of Christ. So that means if you're saved, and I'm talking to the crowd that's part of the body of Christ here because you're here on Wednesday night, you know, so you're already part of the body of Christ. I know that because you're here. But you're part of, you've been immersed into relationships and a, a fellowship with the other members of the body of Christ. Then you've been baptized in water, you were dunked underwater, right? And now this last one, and you've been dunked in suffering at times, we've had a little drama sometimes in our lives, haven't we? And this last one, God says that we are to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Well, what in the world is that supposed to mean, right? That's what somebody's saying right now. What in the world's that? How can we get immersed in the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? I thought I got everything there was to get when I made Jesus Lord of my life. Well, you got the Holy Spirit when you made Jesus Lord of your life, 
But it's like taking a drink of water. If I take a, Scott, throw me a bottle of water. Thank you. Now, if I take a drink of water, like this is water, I take it. Do I have water in me? Yes, I do, right? I have water in me because I just drank it. Now, what if I, Scott, come over here. Put your phone over there so it doesn't get wet. Now, what about, I didn't warn him this was coming, but he's been wet once today, so here it goes. Now, if, I, open your mouth. If I do this, he's got water in him, right? But if I do this, he's got water on him. Is that right? Are we two different things? Thank you, Scott, you took one for the team, thank you. If I'd have warned him, he probably wouldn't have done it, so I just had to sneak up on him. He's a good, he's a good soldier. See what I get, what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about? See, you can, you can take it in, that's the Holy Spirit. When you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit in you. When Jesus was with his disciples in John 20, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, right? Y'all read that, John chapter 20, it's not in my notes. I'm just doing this as I go, because it's in there, okay? John chapter 20, he said, he went, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, and they received the Holy Spirit. But then he said to the same people, stay in Jerusalem until the Comforter comes. Don't even leave the city limits without the Holy Ghost, right? Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, what? What? upon you, not in you, because he already said receive the Holy Ghost and then receive the Holy Spirit when he said it, when he blew on him, right? But he said when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, when you're immersed in the Holy Spirit, then power's gonna be upon you, and what does it says? And you shall be my witnesses, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So everything happens for a reason, and there's a purpose for everything in the kingdom of God. Somebody tell me, what's the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody knows. I know pastor knows, but he's being quiet. Power to be a? What? Power to be a witness. That's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, now, when you get the baptism in the Holy Spirit, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's other things that happen. You might even get a goosebump. But you know, you can get a goosebump if the, if the registers just face the wrong way. You know that, right? So you can't just rely on goosebumps to know if you got the, the Holy Spirit or not. So you receive power to be a witness. You remember Peter? Y'all remember Peter, right? The guy who walked on the water, and then in the garden, what happened, Peter? He grabs the sword, cuts the guy's ear off, right? You remember that, right? And then right after he's so bold, and some little girl says, aren't you one of his disciples? He goes, no, I'm not me, man. I don't even know the man. Next to us, somebody else comes up. Hey, don't you know? Aren't you one of his guys? No, man, not me. I look like him. There's a guy that looks just like me. It ain't me, though. No, it's not me. Somebody else says, hey, I know you're the guy. You're the guy that cut off Malchus's ear in the garden. I was there. He starts swearing that he did not know Jesus. He didn't have no power to be a witness, did he? Right? 
He runs away. He has denied Christ. He's the guy that had all kinds of confidence in himself. But then when the, when the, when the rubber met the road, he didn't have what it took, did he? He just failed under pressure. But then, after Acts chapter 1, verse 8, then Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Let's go there. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. What does it say there? You got in there? Mm, no. Okay. We got Matthew 3, 11. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, The Holy Spirit came upon them, and the power of God overshadowed them, and tongues of fire appeared on them and sat upon them. They were immersed in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Right? After that happened, then it says there was this sound of a mighty rushing wind. Right? They went outside and Peter preached. And 3,000 people came to Christ. Okay, so what happened to Peter between, I don't know, man, there's a guy who looks like me, I don't know who he is, but hey, man, it wasn't me. Okay, what happened between that Peter and the Peter that said, Jesus Christ, whom thou hast crucified, is the Son of God. What happened between that guy and this guy? Who took the chicken out of Peter, right? I used to preach a sermon when I used to do children's messages. I, did, I started out doing children's church 31 years ago, okay? And I preached a message called, the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. And I would talk about Peter and the two, two things that Peter and the two ways that Peter acted. Because the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. He really will. He'll drive that chicken right out of you. Because you know what's the chicken that sits there and goes, I don't know, man, it wasn't me. I don't know, I don't know anything about Jesus, man. No, no, it wasn't me. That's the chicken. But when you, get, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you get power and, you, and the chicken's nowhere to be found. You become powerful and you get to become a witness for Jesus Christ to Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You need power to be a witness because by ourselves, we're chickens. Do you know when I was in college, I remember I wanted to serve God, but I was a chicken. I remember I got invited to go to a Bible study and I had to find my Bible because I, I wasn't saved yet, right? So I was like, where's my Bible? I, find, I actually took my Bible. I think my mom snuck it in my luggage. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have took it. But I found my Bible. I knew I had it, so I found it. And I was like intimidated and ashamed to carry my Bible on campus at Western Michigan. I was carrying my Bible and I'm like, you know, I'd walk around with a six pack of beer, no problem, right? But I was ashamed to carry the word of God. Why? Because I was a big chicken. That's why. But today, I proudly carry my Bible, and I will stand up in front of, in front of you here today and say, Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the Son of God, and without him, we're all doomed, but with him, we all have life. How did that happen? How did I get to, from being a big chicken to being brave and bold and able to witness to people? How did that happen? The Holy Ghost took the chicken out of me. That's what happened. He gave me the power to be a witness. It's not because I'm smart. It's because the Holy Ghost took the chicken out of me. He gave me power to be a witness. I was going to preach a message, and now I'm preaching a different one. How do you like that? <clears throat> 
You know, it says in Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5, it says, he said, wait for the promise of the Father. You have heard from me, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's what Jesus told his disciples. John says in Matthew chapter 3, 11, I indeed baptize with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will immerse you in the Holy Spirit and fire. What does fire do? Fire purifies, doesn't it? It says, then in Acts chapter 8, here's another example. It says, Therefore, those who were scattered, they went everywhere. There was persecution going on. They had just killed Stephen, the, the deacon. So all you guys who are deacons, there's, some of these deacons get killed, right? One of them did right here. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, Samaria and he preached Christ there. Here, this guy is not one of the disciples. He is just a Holy Ghost-filled deacon, and he's traveling on a mission trip, and he's taken the gospel to the Samaritans. You have to understand, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, right? They didn't talk to them. They didn't like them. But Philip took the gospel to them. It says, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles he did. Unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. And there was a certain man named Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city. He astonished the people of Samaria. He said he was something. You know, like, so Chloe, Chloe the psychic, right? She was astonished. She's like Chloe the psychic, Simon the sorcerer, right? You know, she went bankrupt. She didn't see it coming. But anyway, um, you'll get that later. To those, to those, they gave heed and from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is a, is a is great, has great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So when they believed, they were baptized. That's what he says, repent, believe, and be baptized, right? Then Simon himself also believed and was baptized. He continued with Philip, and he was amazed. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they had received Christ. They had been saved and baptized. They sent Peter and John, who, were, who when they had come, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Hold it. But they were already saved, and they were already baptized, but yet... They had to send Peter and John down there and get them baptized in the Holy Spirit. They had to receive the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's the thing. And when they had prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet, as yet, he had fallen. He, meaning the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon how many of them? None of them. So although they were saved and baptized, the Holy Spirit had fallen upon none of them. So is it possible to be saved and baptized and not be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Absolutely it is. It's obvious right here, it's, it's possible. 
And then how they, how they remedy this situation? It says they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then they laid hands on them. So who, what, how, do, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You have hands laid on you. And, you, and Jesus is the one who baptizes, because remember earlier we read, John says there's one coming after me, and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So Pastor Dwayne, myself, no, but we don't baptize people in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. We might lay hands on you, and, and, and because that's what Peter and John did, but ultimately Jesus is the one that baptizes people in the Holy Spirit. It says, then they laid, they meaning Peter and John, laid hands on them and the people received the Holy Spirit. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's not something you earn. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, do eight steps to receiving the Holy Spirit. There's none of that. You can receive the Holy Spirit the same time you get saved. You could have got saved yesterday and received the Holy Ghost right now. You could receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without knowing a whole lot. You can receive it. And it's, it's a gift. Because you don't, have to, you don't have to work to receive a gift. When someone says, I want to give you something, you don't have to say, well, you know, I'll do this, this, and this for you if you'll give me that. No, they're going to give it to you. It's a gift. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is receive it. So the Holy Spirit and the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift. Luke chapter 11, it says in verse 10, it says, everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds to him who knock, it will be opened. If son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? Instead of a fish, or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All you got to do is ask. Say, hey, cannot Jesus, I want you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Here's the deal. He says, what, what happens if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost? If you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, one of the evidences is you, you may begin to speak with a heavenly language. It's called tongues. Don't be afraid of it. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. How you like that? 1 Corinthians 14, it says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but unto God. I don't have time to go through this whole, the whole teaching to convince you, but I'm telling you this. If you if you want to speak in a language that only God understands, you will speak in the language of the Holy Spirit, which is tongues. It, it's direct. It's like I call it the red phone to heaven. Y'all seen the red phone? The president's got a red phone. The red phone, when the red phone rings, you pick it up, right? Because it's a hotline to somebody really important. And we, God has given us the red phone to heaven. It's called praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in tongues. And it's an awesome, awesome gift. It says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, he speaks in the mystery, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What's the conclusion then? 1 Corinthians 14. What's the conclusion then? I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing and understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. I wish that you all, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, people. I wish that you all spoke in tongues. That's what he said right there. He says, I wish that you all, he must have been Southern, I wish that y'all spoke in tongues. 
but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in a tongue. But he says, I wish that you'd all just speak in tongues. He said, I, I wish that for you. Then, Therefore, brethren, earnestly desire to prophesy, and then do not forbid. He, it's a, a very specific uh, command here. Verse 39, do not forbid to speak in tongues. Don't forbid it. Okay, why is that such a big deal? Why are tongues such a big deal? Why, why do people get hung up on tongues? Because the tongue is the most unruly member in your body, that's why. It says that your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Wherever your tongue goes, your body goes. It's like the rudder of a ship. All you have to do is have a tiny little rudder for a 40-foot boat. I looked, at, I looked this up the other day. For a 40-foot boat, all you need is about a 20-inch rudder, and it will turn that boat everywhere it goes. A 40-foot boat, a 20-inch rudder will turn it, and it will guide that boat wherever you want that thing to go. With a 40-foot boat, that's all you need. It's just a small rudder, just, a, just over a foot and a half, not even two feet long, will guide something that's that big. 14-foot beam, 40-foot long, and a little rudder that's 16 to 20 by 20, and it'll guide the whole boat. Why is that? Because it's the rudder, it's the steering mechanism. That's what he says your tongue is. Your tongue is the steering mechanism for your whole life. It also says that the enemy is always trying to get you. It says the tongue is set on fire by hell if you're not careful, if you, if you don't. So why are tongues such a big deal? Because you are yielding your most unruly member to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to control the most unruly member of your body, this little thing in your mouth that gets you in all that trouble, right? See, it can get you in a lot of trouble, but it's all get you out of a lot of trouble too. It's our most unruly member, but here's what, here's what, Acts chapter 19 says, as we bring this in for a landing. In Acts chapter 19, he went to the church. He went to a place, a city, and he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? So they said to him, we have not even heard there was a Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 19 now. And he said to them, into what were you baptized? He said, John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. It's just the Bible, it's the Bible. We, it's, it's just there, it's in your Bible. If you look at it, Acts chapter 19, it's right there. My question to you today is have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? It's just that simple. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? First of all, I guess before we go there, have you ever made Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because if you've not made Jesus Lord of your life, that's the first step. It's not, you don't get the Holy Ghost and then make Jesus Lord of your life. No, you, you need to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. And then you ask the Lord, ask Jesus, and he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So first of all, if you would, just close your eyes. I'm gonna ask you a simple question. If you were, if your life on this earth were to be over today, I hope it's not, but we aren't guaranteed anything. So, I mean, last December, I almost bit the big one, so hey, 
I understand. It's a big deal. You're not promised anything. So if your life on this earth were to be over today, are you absolutely certain that you would go to heaven and that you're, he has a place for you and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you sure? If you're not sure, you can be sure. 1 John 5 says that these things have I written to you that you may know that you have eternal life if you believe on the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So if that's you, if you say, I don't know, I'm not sure. If, you, if somebody were to say to me in this room, I am not sure if I died today, I would go to heaven. My, I'm not sure that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm not positive. You can be sure today. It's a simple prayer. It's a two-minute process, but it'll change your life forever. Anybody? Say, I want, it. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Say, I want to get right with God. Somebody? Anybody? Okay. We got a bunch of believers here tonight. There's nobody that needs to get right with God. All right. Okay. Well, then the next question I've got for you, you can open your eyes. I'm going to ask you a simple question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you ever asked Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit? Have you ever asked him, like I did, to take the chicken out of you, to give you the power to be a witness so you can be effective? It's an awesome thing. It's a good gift. And I'm just gonna, they're gonna play something here. And I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna be down here and, and we're gonna sing one more song, I guess, right? He's gonna sing a song. He just said, yeah, sure, whatever you say, boss. Hey, there's joy, all right? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That's the question. That's the question that they had for the believers. That's the question I've got for you tonight. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Because if you haven't, it's awesome. You can receive it tonight, it's free. All it takes is come down here and ask. That's all it takes. We'll lay hands on you, and we'd love to, for you to receive everything that God has for you. So everybody stand up. If that's you, I want you to come down here right now. If that's you, you say, I want to receive the Holy Ghost. I want the chicken to get out of me. I want to get boldness. I want power. I want that. I want you to come down right now. Stand right up there. Awesome. You stand right there. We're going to have a bunch of people come up here and help. Come on. That's you, I want the Holy Ghost. Come up here. We're gonna, lie, we're gonna lay hands on you, and we're gonna ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Line them up, Scott. Here we go. Awesome. Come on up here. Awesome. Come on up. That's awesome. We got a little girl, she's gonna be a powerhouse right there. You know, here's the deal. You can get baptized in the Holy Ghost filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues when you're four or five years old. I've seen it. And it's not just reserved for, you know, people who are real mature. You can receive it when you're a kid. So if there's kids in here, you say, I want the Holy Ghost. Get up here. You can receive it. Jesus loves baptizing little kids in the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. And he loves baptizing people who are 90 in the Holy Ghost. Okay? It doesn't matter how old you are. If you haven't received it, get up here and we'll lay hands on you. All right. I'm just going to lead us all in a simple prayer. I want you to pray it with us, but I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. Then I'm gonna ask the leaders, pastors here, and everybody's come on up late, and then they're gonna come through and lay hands on you, just like the Bible. We're just doing it exactly like the Bible. That's it. It's 
not nothing simple. It's not anything complicated. It's very simple. We're just going to lay hands on you and agree and thank the Lord because it's Jesus who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Not me, not anybody else. It's Jesus. So let, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray this prayer out loud, all of you with me. I'm going to lead you in the prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. You're my King. I belong to you. Spirit, soul, and body, I yield to your Lordship. And I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that when hands are laid upon me, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me, and I will receive everything you have for me in Jesus' name.